good to see everyone here this morning. Why don't you find someone around you and tell them it is good to see them here.
Blessed be the name of 
the highest praise here this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord is good. I remember in, when I was in sixth grade, I had my very first real girlfriend. Wasn't a crush. Wasn't a wish, but I had my very first real girlfriend. She was in seventh grade. I can't say her name. Y'all know her. But I remember after just a few days, I didn't have her anymore. I was replaced. I don't know if my hands wouldn't martialize enough. I don't know if I wrote the best letters. I'm not sure, but I was replaced, and she never told me a reason why. Some other dude took my place, and I was heartbroken. And uh, I was so depressed, I couldn't even play the Nintendo. <laughs> but you know what? I still remember that I don't like being replaced. I don't like being rejected. But Scripture says that, hey, if we don't praise him, that said the stones are going to cry out. God's going to get some praise. If he has to do a supernatural work and cause the stones, to, the mountains to begin to speak out, he's he is that worthy of it. And this morning, you might be in a valley, you might be in a desert as the song started out, but he is still worthy of your praise. Because praise can turn the situation around. You're just a breath away from an answer. You're just a praise away from a miracle. You're just a praise, a hallelujah away from God opening up the door you've been longing for. And if we ever grasp that, our lives will be richly changed. And we'll begin to see the beauty of God more and more each day in our lives and the people around us. I want what they got. I know what your family is going through. I know what the insurance company is going through. I know what they did to you. But how is it that you just still got a smile on your face? You still got a positive attitude. I'd be falling apart if I was you. You don't know who my God is. I just praise him. I just lift him up. I've got in his presence this morning at church. He is the difference maker. Some of you going through health situations and your neighbor, your coworkers are watching. How are you holding it together?
because I will praise him. Amen. Can I get some of you older elders that, 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 you, that you've made it this far because of the praise, because God has been good to you. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. He's never let you go. Amen. I think one more time before we take our seats, let's just lift our hands up to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus, God. We thank you this morning, God. You're worthy of all our praise here this morning. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. If you love the Lord this morning, won't you shake three people's hands? Amen. Tell them how good he is. Lie to somebody and tell them how good they look. Amen. Hey, if you're a first-time guest here this morning, we want to give you a hand clap. This hand clap is for you. If you're watching online for the first time or join us, that hand clap was for you too. Amen. Uh, welcome this morning. We're so glad to see you here. Please take a moment to complete our digital connection card. You can text TPCDQ to 84576. It's up here on the big screen. This will allow you to connect with us and get upcoming event information or to submit your prayer request and receive a gift in the mail. Amen. You, you might want to go check your mail this time. There's a gift coming. Uh, if you don't have a mail, big mailbox, you don't get a big gift. Okay? If you want a big one, uh, build you a big mailbox. Alliance Youth will be having a Halloween party. All right, it's that time of the year. On October 30th from 6 to 9 p.m., it will be at Brother Lonnie and Sister Debbie Bowyer's home, located at 2550 Old Seal Road in Singer, Louisiana. They will enjoy a costume contest, bonfire, hayride. Uh, let me tell you this. If you've never been out there before, fill your gas up, before, fill your tank up before you go, because that is not one place you want to uh, run out of gas on the side of the road. There is no street lights. I will not go on a hayride out there. God, of all places. But they will have a good time. If you've got a friend you want to scare them, that is a great place to go. Bring them. I will not be there. So I will be with the street lights come on. I can see who's behind me, who's around me. And I can see my kids. Well, I'll probably ruin it for some of you. Parents aren't going to let you go. That's all right. Ushers, you can go ahead and come forward. Uh, get ready for our Sunday morning tithes and offering. Uh, Tuesday morning prayer means here in, here in the, the sanctuary. It's not a gym anymore. It's a sanctuary. Amen? You can have church anywhere. Just start praising him. He'll show up. Tuesday morning prayer meeting here in the sanctuary at 10 a.m., uh, this morning, we want to lift up Miss Elizabeth Thorne and also Sister Doris Spikes. Amen. If you have a need here this morning, why don't you just lift your hand up to the Lord. Lift that need up to him. Amen. And with your other hand, let's lift up a hand of praise of what he's going to do for him here this morning. God, we love you this morning. And we thank you for your presence that we feel here. And we just ask you, God, to continue to move this morning. God, move over this offering. God, move over all the givers here this morning. Move over Sister Thorne, God, Sister Spice. We pray you'll go right to where they're at, God, and begin to minister to them, Lord. 
We love you this morning, God. We're not going to let, we're not going to stop praising you. We're not going to stop worshiping you. We're not going to stop giving you what you deserve and what you're worthy of this morning, God. We love you. We appreciate you, Lord. You deserve it all here this morning, God. We thank you for what you're doing in our town, in our church, in our families, Lord. You haven't given up on us, God. You, you're still aware of our situations, Lord. You still see our lost family members, Lord. You still see the sick and the lost. You're still working towards them here this morning, God. And we praise you and we give you thanks here this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. people are here this morning come on how many blessed people are in God's house today it's great to be in God's house amen it's good to be in his presence isn't it if you have your Bible would you go to the book of Philippians chapter 4 
we thank you for being here this morning. What a wonderful presence of the Lord that's in his house. Amen. I'm sorry it's taken me just a minute to get prepared here this morning. To our guests, we want to say we welcome you. Thank you for being in God's house. To all of you who joined us online, we welcome you this morning. And y'all know I like to give you a little bit of humor just to make you smile. Here it is. It's a couple corny ones. It's really corny. But here it is. You know, it was so cold in D.C. the other day, I saw a politician with his hands in his own pockets. I know it's corny. This one's even worse. You ready? Two windmills are standing on a wind farm, and one asks, what's your favorite kind of music? The other replies, I'm a big metal fan. Oh, oh that's awful. <laughs> well at least it made you smile that was the gold Philippians 4 verse 4 you ready rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice I was in prayer yesterday and something really unique happened to me that typically doesn't happen and I won't get into it but I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said I'm going to lead you into victory and I had a word in my spirit and I feel like it's for every one of us this morning because I feel like the key to victory, one of the keys to victory is praise. And it's not ironic this morning that this whole, this whole service has been about praise. And I want every one of you in here this morning not to take this message and to shove it behind you. This is for my neighbor. I want every one of us here this morning to receive the word of the Lord. Would you do that for yourself and for your family? Let's pray together. Father, for the next few minutes, would you just anoint my mind and my mouth and help me to speak, oh God, into the heart of this, Lord, beautiful assembly. And God, I give you thanks and praise. And everybody say amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I wanted a... a, a that's that's a scope. Is that how I say it? Da, 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 da. I wanted one, but I didn't know who to ask. And then I went into the media booth and I gave them the title of my message, which is check your pulse. And Jenna said, I got a stethoscope at the house. You want it? I said, yeah, I've been wanting one. I just didn't know who to ask. You know, every year we go and have a family wellness checkup. Anybody ever have those? Yeah. Okay. And so if you don't know what happens, let me just explain it. So you go to the doctor and you sit 
you know, on this little fold out, whatever. And uh, what they do is, is they uh, weigh you. Then they draw your blood. Then they, you know, put you in this room and um, they put this big light in your eyes. And uh, then they put this stick down your throat, put something in your ears, and they, they get a cold. They, they like, they love it. They, they put it in a freezer. They, they really enjoy this. They enjoy it. And they, you know, they, they say, now we're going to, we're going to put this, you know, on your back and it's cold. And you're like, ooh. And we're going to, we're going to check you out and let, take a deep breath. And so you, you know, you take a deep breath. Now hold that. Now let that out. And so, you know, it's what you do. And then, they, then they, they, they put this thing on your arm, right? And it really grabs a hold of your arm and they check your blood pressure. And, uh, as many years as I've had these wellness checkups, I, I should know what blood pressure is. I, I, think that my blood pressure is around 120 over 70. I, I have to ask them every year. Is that good? But I still don't know what blood pressure means. So Debbie's going to have to explain it to me because I don't get it. I still to this day don't get what those numbers mean. And then here's the next thing they'll do. They'll check your pulse. So, you know, sometimes they put this little cold, uh, that's a, yeah, whatever. And, uh, They'll put that on you and they'll, they'll take their fingers, you know, and put it on your wrist and then they'll look at their watch and, and, and somehow they, they get how many beats, right? That, uh, your heart is beating in that minute, I think. And then, uh, whatever that number is, if it's a good number, it means you're healthy. And if it's a bad number, it means you're not healthy, right? So, so I got to thinking about, this, you know, because I know that to check your pulse is one of your vital signs, correct? That's called a vital sign. And, and I got to thinking, how, how can I check my spiritual pulse? Cause if it's, if checking your pulse is a vital sign of determining your health, then how can I check my spiritual pulse? And I think I, I, I think I got it. Y'all ready? It's going to be real simple. Y'all ready to check your spiritual pulse? It's, it's real simple. You ready? This is how you check your spiritual pulse. You check how often you praise him. That's how you check. If you were to fall out right now, I wouldn't be of any help to you. Sister Debbie would have to help you because she would know how to check your pulse. I'm not a doctor, but maybe I'm a spiritual coach. And I, I'm going to just show you how to check your spiritual pulse. Because if you fell out, literally, I couldn't help you. But I want to help you so you don't faint in this end time hour. I want to help you so that when you go through tests and trials, you'll know how to give yourself a spiritual wellness checkup. And it's called, how many times a day do you take a praise break and say, Lord, I will praise you. I don't understand this mess that I'm going through, but I am going to praise you. Look at your neighbor and tell him you need to check your spiritual pulse.
Yeah. Some people, you, you may take offense at what I said because you, you, you're not really praising the Lord. And you're thinking, well, pastor, you just don't know my circumstances. But Paul didn't say, if I know your circumstances, then I'll give you an excuse. He said this, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Come on, somebody. Paul didn't say it once. He said it twice. He, he, he didn't want anyone to think that he had made a mistake or that there were exceptions to what he said. We're always supposed to be rejoicing in the Lord. What you read in Philippians 4 and 4 isn't a suggestion. Can I say it again? It isn't a suggestion. It's a command. And we're supposed to do it whether we feel like it or not. Now, I'm going to pause here for just a minute because I don't want you to misconstrue this message. The Bible tells us that there is a time to weep. The Bible tells us there is a time to mourn. When Moses passed away, all of Israel mourned for 30 days. So there is a time to weep. There is a time to mourn. And every one of us in this room have gone through seasons of grief and seasons of loss. And, and so we understand that. But here's what I want to say to that. God never wants a season of loss to turn into a lifestyle. I'm going to say it this way. God never wants a season of loss in your life to turn into a lifestyle of depression. God wants our lifestyle to be a lifestyle of praise. Praising God is all about perspective. Here's what I mean by that. How many of you in this room have ever looked at a 3D image? Let me see your hand. You've ever looked at a 3D image. Okay, some of you older ones, you may not know what I'm talking about. But one of, one of the first times that I looked at a 3D image, I couldn't see it. How many know? Could you see it the first time you, you looked at it? I couldn't. I just kept staring at that image and I, I never could see it. And I kept staring at it and I couldn't see it. And finally someone, I don't know who it was, but someone told me, they said, Stop staring at it and look through it. And I, and I started that. So I, I tried to stop staring at it and I just started trying to look through it. And I kept looking through it. And I just kept looking through it. And all of a sudden I saw the dolphins popping out of the water. I'm like, Oh, I see it. Man, that is really, really cool. Now I, Come here this morning, and I want some of you to stop staring at your problem. I've come to encourage you to stop staring at it and to start looking through it. Because if you'll start looking through it, I'm telling you that Jesus is going to appear in your storm. You say, Pastor, do you have Bible for that? I think I do. I hope they put up Hebrews 2, 12 and 2. Hebrews 12 and 2 says this, looking unto Jesus. In other words, not looking under your storm, 
not looking at your circumstance, not looking at your problem that's facing your family this week, but looking unto Jesus. Why? Because he started your story. He brought you out. He found you when you were lost. And guess what? He don't start something that he can't finish. Can I preach this morning? I said, he don't start something that he can't finish. And somebody here this morning, the Lord dropped this word in my spirit. You are staring at your problem, and I come to encourage you to look beyond it. Looking unto Jesus, who is the author, he started your story, and he's going to finish your story. Look unto him. And then it goes on to say this, who for the joy, who for the joy, this is very important, that was set before him, what did he do? He endured the cross. Here's what that means. Jesus literally looked beyond the cross and he saw the joy of transformed lives. Jesus looked through the cross and he saw the joy of your family being saved and your family sitting on that pew with you and you being arm in arm and you dancing in the spirit and you praising God. I know they may not be here on that pew this morning, but I want you to see through it and I want you to see they're coming out of the pig pen and they're coming back to the Father's house, see through all the pain, the hurt, the disappointment. I'm going to just bump this real quick because some of you are going to have questions for me after service, but I'm going to bump it real quick. I, I honestly believe that there is a male side of God and a feminine side of God. I do believe that. You say, why? Because when you see all the beauty, when you see all the beauty, that's really the feminine side of God. You, you, you say, why? Because you give, you give a, a bachelor a home, and that's all it is. It's a home. He don't pay, put up any pictures. All he needs is a bed, a cot, and a meal. That's all he needs. But you let that woman come into that little apartment, and guess what? Pretties are going to start going up. Candles are going to get lit. Flowers are going to get in a vase. And that little, home that little home becomes a house because mama's in it right now. Here's what I want to say about this. I'm going to bump it and run. I believe with all of my heart that the feminine side of God, as he was on the cross, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because at that moment, the feminine side of God was willing to look through the pain of the cross to give birth to the New Testament church so that you could be here this morning. And God said, as a mama says, I'll go through the pain to have this baby. And God said, I'll go through the cross because I'm looking beyond the cross and I'm seeing Sarah sit on the front row and Bryant sit on the front row and I'm willing to do it. Mm. So here, I'm going to just talk to you a minute. What circumstances are in your life or relationships in your life right now that you need to stop staring at and you need to start looking through to see what God is doing?
I'm going to give you another example. Paul wanted to be in Rome. He wanted to go to Rome. But he wanted to go to Rome to preach. He didn't want to go to Rome to be a prisoner. And so nothing was turning out the way that Paul wanted it. You got to get this picture now. Paul wasn't on a, on a cruise to Rome. Okay? He wasn't on a beautiful golf course in Rome. He, he wasn't having bed and breakfast at the Ritz Carlton. Paul was in jail. He was in chains. And he wrote this letter in jail, in chains to the Philippians. And instead of complaining that he couldn't preach to the government officials, he praised God for the opportunity to preach to prison guards. He said, I had a thought that when I got to Rome, I was going to be able to preach to the Roman officials. He said, but I'm in chains now. And he said, but guess what? It wasn't my plan, but it was God's plan. Because every 12 hours, they give me a new guard. And I'm able to witness to them. And those guards have got the ear of the Roman officials. He said, it wasn't what I thought. He said, but I realized God had a better plan. Some of you need to stop staring at what you're staring at. And realize that what you're going through may be a divine setup for God to show up so he can show off in your life and you don't understand it but why don't you go ahead and praise him right now and say Lord I will praise you now here's what he could have written to the church at Philippi now I want you to know brothers and sisters what has happened to me really stinks I wanted to spread the good news, the preaching to all of the government officials, but that didn't happen. And as a result of all this hell that I've been through, I just think that I'm calling it quits and I probably won't show up back to church. That's what he could have wrote. But instead, this is what he actually wrote to the Philippians. Here's what it is in Philippians 1 and 12. I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here was to help me spread the good news of the gospel. I know it wasn't what I wanted, but you know what? God had a plan. And this plan was to help spread the good news. He could have talked about how that things just didn't work out. But brothers and sisters, he changed his perspective. I want to just preach to somebody and myself. You cannot control what happens to you. But you can control what happens in you. You can reframe. Come on. Some of you need to reframe your perspective. I know this happened, but I believe that God will take the good and the bad and the ugly, and it's going to all work out for my good. Somebody give him praise right now. Look at your neighbor and tell them, check your spiritual pulse. I can tell this is hitting home with somebody. Because some of you aren't too healthy right now. Because you're only praising God when it feels good. You're only praising God when your kids are not crazy. 
Some of you are praising God when you got more money than you do month, but right now you got more month than you do money. Come on, somebody. I feel like the Lord is speaking to somebody right now. You need to check your spiritual pulse. How often are you getting up in the morning and saying, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will, I will rejoice and be glad. You say, Pastor, it's easy for you to get up there and preach that. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know what uh, problems you're facing. I don't. But I know, I know some of the things that I'm facing. I, I, I didn't want to do this parking lot like this. This is not what I wanted. We were supposed to do this at the end of the project, but the red iron was delayed. Other things were delayed. And I didn't want guys standing around that we were paying. So we said, let's do it this way. It's inconvenienced you. Some don't even come to church because they don't want to be inconvenienced. I ain't throwing no shade on them. I get it. We all like to be comfortable. But here's what I understand. You can have growth or you can have comfort, but you can't have both. I'm going to say it again. It's so funny to me that people go on a diet and then they get aggravated because they can't get the first spot at, at, at Walmart. It's like, you're going on a diet. Guess what? You need to walk. And it's amazing to me how many people, how many Christians get so beside themselves because they got to walk around the block to come to church. You need the exercise. We all need the exercise. None of us are anemic here in this house this morning. And yet we'll start griping and complaining to the preacher because we got a little mud on our feet. Listen, brothers and sisters, you need a spiritual checkup this morning. Hey, you know what? You ought to just be thankful we got a roof over our head and we got a church to come to and you're not in some third world country being martyred for your faith like they are in Haiti. Listen, I'm not mad at anybody, but the Lord sent me on assignment. We all need to check our spiritual pulse. How often are you praising God in the rainy days? Are you just getting up and saying, thank you for the sunshine? Why don't you get spiritually mature and say, I will bless the Lord at all times. Come on, somebody. I'm not mad at anybody. I promise you I'm not. I'm not minimizing your pain. I'm not minimizing your problems. You may have a very intimidating problem right now. I'm not minimizing that. You may have a very annoying problem right now. I promise you I'm not minimizing your problems. We all face very real issues. But don't forget to look through it. Look at the whole picture. Let me ask you a question. How many of you got some type of family? Let me see your hands. How many of you got at least one friend? How many of you got a church family? How many of you got food in your fridge? Raise your hand. How many of you got clothes on your back? How many of you got shoes on your feet? Some of you are lying. Huh? How many of you got your health this morning? How many of you at least got a dollar or a nickel or a quarter in your pocket right now? Then stop looking at what you don't have and stay focused on what you do have. I may not be where I want to be, but thank God I'm not who I used to be. Come on, check your spiritual pulse this morning.
Somebody said a bad attitude is a lot like a flat tire. You can't go anywhere till you change it. Oh, can I say it again? A bad attitude is a lot like a flat tire. You can't go anywhere till you change it. And the Lord sent me here on assignment to say you need to change your perspective because what he wants from you is not a bad attitude of God, why aren't you doing this? But he wants an attitude of God, I will praise you. Somebody take five seconds and give God your best praise right now. Now, it would have been one thing if Paul would have written this if he would have never encountered any type of test or trial or hardship in his life. But that's not the case here. Paul literally lived what he preached. When he was beaten with rods and stripes and then thrown into prison, in the darkest part of that prison, he and Silas, the Bible tells us in Acts 16, you can read it when you get home, Instead of complaining, look, we've preached the gospel. We've done what the Lord asked us to do. And now look at where we are for doing good. We're in chains. We're in the darkest part of this dungeon. They didn't say that. But around, around midnight somewhere, oh, Paul looked at Silas and said, well, why don't we just strike up a tune? I don't know what they sang, but they did start singing something. They started praying. And they started giving thanks to God. And you know the story if you have any Bible uh, in you at all. The Bible says that the earth started to quake. And there was an earthquake. And I'm going to tell you what happened. Those chains loosened themselves off of those prisoners. And guess what? Read, read this story. Paul and Silas didn't just jump up and say, Woohoo! He freed us and run out. They didn't do that. Because that wasn't their motive. They were loving God and loving people read the story they stayed there in jail they stayed and you know what they did they spoke to the Philippian jailer and they spoke to all of those that were in prison and guess what praise did praise did more than just free them from their stocks and bonds praise brought a revival to that Philippian warden and his whole house and most likely every prisoner that was in that jail with them found the Lord they wasn't there with just gritted teeth saying you know what we're just going to grit this out until we get out of this problem because when they were set free they didn't even leave now listen please this morning I know that it's easy to get into a bad place I know it's easy I've been there you and your spouse are bickering it's hard to rejoice when you and your spouse are bickering it's hard to rejoice when your babies are sick and you're suffering from COVID. It's hard to rejoice when you're having to work every weekend and you want to be in church. Come on, somebody. It's, it's hard when you're home 14 months later, your home is still tur uh, tore up from a hurricane and, and your, and your, you know, your state farm agent. Oh, pardon me. Did I say that? Uh, your, your agent. Yeah. Sorry. Your, that slipped out. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, it just slipped out. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah. 
I, I know what it is to want to cuss. That's why before I get on the phone with my agent, I pray. Oh, God, help me. This is so stupid. We need another sheet of paper. We need you to make this call. We need this. It's all by design. Can I tell you? Dear God, I'm getting off on the wrong foot. Insurance is a legalized scam. Yes, it is. It's a legalized scam, and it makes you want to cuss. That's why I have to pray and praise because my flesh wants to chew them up because this is crazy. I asked the Lord before I came out here, God, please anoint my mouth. Help me not to say anything I shouldn't say. <laughs> yeah, I've had to check my spiritual pulse because they could have taken care of me and my family a long time ago. But they want you to jump through all these hoops, show up all this paperwork. They're just going to file it, never look at it. They don't really need it. They just want to test your Christianity. Gets me fired up. <laughs> y'all, I've had y'all, most of y'all tell me, Brother Neely, I don't see you angry. That's right, because you don't see me talking to my agent. <laughs> you just see me up here being a good boy. I'm just showing you the 10%. The other 90 is below. Trust me, Wayne's got a temper, and it ain't pretty. That's why you need to pray for me. God, I'm praying for my pastor, especially when he's on the phone with his agent, because God knows I need it. And the Lord is saying, Wayne, check your pulse. And I'm going to tell y'all right now, I hadn't made a good report card on that. Ticks me off because it's stupid because they could do a lot better. Check your pulse, Wayne. Yes, I will praise you, Lord. Yes, I'm going to give you praise. God, I'm going to try to do better than what I've been doing. Because you know what? I'd love to win my agent. Wouldn't That would be a miracle. Oh, my God. Huh. That <laughs> Y'all think I'm joking. I ain't even joking. That would be a miracle. I'm going to tell y'all something. Right now, if y'all hadn't got the memo, the world's on the crazy train. Can I tell you the world is on the crazy train? Our world done lost its mind. And you know what happens? It, it, why, why, why the world's on the crazy train? It's really easy for you to allow your praise to become the caboose instead of the engine thank you yeah that's what's happened with me in my in my agent i let my praise so you know what i'm glad you're here this morning but guess what wayne needed to hear this message so thank y'all for being here but i'm preaching to me right now because i know that i have allowed my praise to become my caboose and my complaining to become my engine and I've let a bad attitude drive me on some things. Mm -hmm. Instead of, I will praise you, drive me. Now, I know if I'm talking to me, surely I'm talking to somebody else here this morning. You're letting some crazy people drive your engine. And I just come alongside of you to remind all of us, let praise be your engine and let the crazy people be your caboose and say, you're not going to get me out of my praise. I'm going to stay spiritually healthy. I will bless the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Y'all ready? Let's do a... Let, y'all ready for this? <laughs> y'all, y'all ain't ready. I can tell. All right, I got to hurry. So let's do a spiritual wellness check. You ready? How many of you only lift your hands up on Sundays? Don't raise your hand. But how many of you, the only time you lift your hands is when pastor gets up here and says, let's praise him. And then on Sunday, you lift them up. All right? You're not spiritually healthy. Don't get upset at me. I'm trying to help you. How many of you lift your hands up once, maybe twice in the week? That's better, but you're still not spiritually healthy. You're not spiritually healthy. Well, I don't get emotional. Okay, that's a bunch of hooey. Because if somebody were to come up to you today and give you $100,000, give you a brand new Cadillac, and pay off your car, I guarantee you your hands would go up. You'd be like, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Yes, he will. Isn't God good? Oh, thank you, Lord. That's what you would do. Don't act like you wouldn't. Yeah, you're emotional. Yes, you are, because God created you as an emotional being. I'm not asking you to be stupid like I was just then. But what I am telling you is on a Monday morning when you don't have no preacher in your face and you don't have Kaylee up here leading this band, I'm encouraging you and challenging you to set the course of your day and get praise to be your engine and say, God, I will praise you. Uh, why? Because the Bible says this, enter into his gates. Uh, you can't even get on God's property. Are you hearing me? You can't even get on God's property until you pat, t- touch in the passcode. What's the passcode? Thanksgiving. When you put in the passcode Thanksgiving, the gates open. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for my eyes to see and my ears to hear and my teeth to chew and my tongue to taste and my legs to walk and my hands to lift you up. Some of you may think I'm crazy, and I probably am, but I thank God for my bowels. I thank God for my kidneys, for my spleen, because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I want him to know I don't take anything for granted. God, I thank you that I woke up this morning in my right mind. Thank you that I got health in my body. Come on, somebody. And then guess what? When you get onto his grounds, you know the next thing you got to do? Here's the next passcode. Praise. Because you just got on his ground with thanksgiving. But if you want to get into his house, enter into his courts with praise. You say, Pastor, you don't know my situation. No, I don't. But I do believe that God has already written the prescription for your predicament. Some of you come to the pharmacy and, and God's got your prescription. Are you ready? Here it is. Here's your prescription. It's found in Psalm 34 and 1. Put it up. Here's your prescription. Are you ready? Are you ready? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Here's your next prescription. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. 
What's his benefits? Just look at the cross. Ha! He took your old garment of sin and he gave you a robe of righteousness. Now God looks at you as having lived Jesus' perfect life. That's one of the benefits that he loads you with. He loads you with healing. He loads you with all spiritual blessings according to Ephesians. I'm here to tell you, some of you need to remind yourself, it's not nearly as bad as the devil is trying to make you think it is. So often, and I'm, I'm wrapping this up, so often we hold off on praising God until he provides what we want. I want you to think about that. So often we just hold out on God. But think about that. You know what that reminds me of? A little snot-nosed, entitled kid. Mm. I'm not going to be grateful until I get what I want. Y'all don't know me like you think you do. Because I'm going to tell you, when you cock that attitude, I'm going to thump your head. Who do you think you are? America's walking around like it's entitled. My God, we got so much entitlement. You, you open the door for people. They don't say thank you. I ain't opening the door to get a thank you, but it is nice. You give somebody money and they just walk out and take it. Like you owe it to me. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Y'all looking at me like, what you talking about? You know what I'm talking about. We're living in a very entitled world. And I'm afraid that that entitlement can creep in on our pew. And we're like, well, God, when you do it, then I'll praise you. Hey, that wasn't the way it was with Paul and Silas. Can I get a witness? Come on, somebody. Paul and Silas did not praise God because he showed up. God showed up because they praised him. No, I lost you on that. Paul and Silas did not praise God because he showed up. He showed up because they praised God. And if you would have asked them, Paul and Silas, what are you praising God for? I don't think that there's one thing they could have pointed to. They were in jail for preaching. They were not praising God for what he had done. They were praising God for who he is. And most people think praise is just a response to what happens if everything goes right. And I close with this. The book, The Hiding Place, many of you, especially if you're older, you've read The Hiding Place. It's about the story of Corey Ten Boone and her sister Betsy and their father who hid Jews in their home during the World War II. They were eventually found out, this family was found out, and they were taken to concentration camps to live under despicable conditions. And the sisters were placed in barracks 28, where Corey despaired of hope, and Betsy suggested to Corey that they give thanks. That if they just simply would give thanks, it would encourage their hearts. And Corey looked at her sister Betsy and said, I will give thanks for everything but the fleas. Because the fleas were very horrible to live with. And as the days were on, Corey and Betsy had the freedom to talk to other prisoners. They had the freedom to read the Bible to them, to minister without interference, and to witness to everyone in Barracks 28. Then one day a prisoner asked a guard to settle a dispute, and the guard said, The place is crawling with fleas. 
I'm not stepping through those doors. And Corey realized why they had been given such liberties. Because even the fleas were instruments of God. Here's what it says in Ephesians 5 and 20. Give thanks always for all things to God. Pastor, you're saying I should even give thanks for the fleas in my life? Yes, because they may be affording you an opportunity that you don't even realize that is from God. Can I get a witness? Why, Pastor, should we praise God? Because when you praise God in just the next few minutes, you're letting go of the need to see first. And you're looking through. And you're looking through to the author and the finisher of your faith. Pastor, why should I praise God this morning? Because when you praise God, you are involving God and inviting Him into that situation. And you are getting out of the way. You don't say to the fire, give me wood and I will give you heat. The fire says, you give me wood and I'll give you heat. You don't say to your car, take me to Houston. Your car says, fill me full of gas and I'll take you to Houston. You don't look at a woman and say, give me a baby. She says, give me a seed and I'll give you a child. You don't say to God, show up God and I'll praise you. God says, you praise me and I will show up. Guess what? It's getting close to the end of the year. My doctor's office is calling me. It's time for your wellness checkup. It's time for TPC to have a wellness checkup. How often are you praising God? I want to challenge you right now, if you will, to stand all over this building. And if this message resonated with you, and maybe you're like me, you're not making an A on this spiritual report card. I want you to step out from where you are right now. I'm going to just wait. I'm going to just wait on you so you can look at me like I'm crazy, but I'm going to just wait on you. You're in a situation. you got a circumstance going on. And you're not making an A. I want you to step out from where you are. Come on. I need you to gather in close, Hope House guys. I need you to fill in the gaps. As you're coming, when I was in prayer yesterday, I had something unique happened to me, and the Lord spoke to me, and He told me three things. I won't tell you the first two. I'll only tell you the last. But He told me, I'm going to lead you into victory. Now, when I read in the Word in the Old Testament, Jehoshaphat was facing a giant army, and he didn't know what to do. And God said, listen, Jehoshaphat, this is going to be unique. I don't want you to use your sword. This time, I'm going to go before you as you sing. And as you start singing, 
the angel of the Lord is going to start working. And read your Bible. In one day's time, one angel smote, listen, 185,000 dead. And a sword was never drawn. They just started singing. And the Holy Spirit gave me an assignment this morning to say we all need to check our spiritual pulse. And some of you need to put your sword up and you're trying to make this situation go your way and you just need to get your songbook out and when you wake up in the morning, you need to start praising Him. I love you enough to tell you the truth. Listen to me. I love you enough to tell you the truth. And I watch some of you. I watch you in church. I watch you when you don't know. And I'm not judging you, but I'm going to say something to you. When you're in church and I ask you to please raise your hands and you can't even do that, we might need a spiritual checkup. Because praise should not be the exception to a believer. It ought to be the norm. I ought to be constantly thanking the Lord for His goodness and praising Him. And never ashamed to lift my hands and say, God, I praise You. You know what Tiger Wood did in his heyday when he sunk that 18-foot putt and won? You know what he did? Is this what he did? No, he didn't. Probably not. She's never even seen the TV. I'm going to help you. He, he didn't do this. He didn't wave at the crowd. You know what he did? I'm going to tell you what he did. I've seen him. That's what he did, wasn't it? Most of them, when they sink that putt, you know what they do? They raise their hands. You know why? As a sign of victory. I conquered. I overcame. I'm a winner. I'm a champion. Come on, throw your hands up right now. Come on and give him praise. I will praise you, Lord. Come on, through your storm, through the night, through your difficulty, through your unfortunate circumstances, through your pain. Come on, through your misinformation, through your lies, through your betrayals, through your hurts. Come on, I'm going to praise him.
if you got to go, I understand. But I've made up in my mind I'm not going to have cute church. So if you got to go, seriously, I'm not mad. I understand. Thank you for being here. Thank you. But listen, Carl, I want you and Jennifer to come up. I want you to come up. I want you to come up. I want you to come up right over here where Sister uh, Sister June's at. I, I won't make you come on the platform. I done done that. I done picked on you too much. I'm not going to get into this, but me and Carl are friends. We're buddies. We talk. Carl's got some things going on in his job. It's extremely frustrating. He's very aggravating. He wants to be like his pastor and cuss, but he's a better Christian than me and he doesn't. Okay? Right, Carl? Yes or no? Am I telling the truth? Right. Have you ever thought about it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you. We just need real people here. We're just real people. I'm just telling y'all, don't put me in no pedestal. Don't do that. You're going to be disappointed because your pastor's flesh. But here's, here's what we're going to do, Carl. For the next 30 days, we're going to praise him. We're just going to praise him. So God, here's the deal. I'm not going to preach about this and then, Lord, not practice it. I'm not going to preach about how great God is and then not see His greatness. Carl, for the next 30 days, I'm challenging you. Would you praise God for that position? And let's see what the Lord will do. Let's just see. Let's just see. Okay. It's a very difficult situation on his job. It's extremely frustrating. And, and, and that situation can make you stay aggravated. And guess what? You bring that aggravation home. Yeah, you do. And you have to make sure, you know what? That I'm flushing my spirit of this. And my best way is just to keep my eyes and keep looking through it. Keep my eyes on Jesus. You started this, you're going to finish it. Now here's what I want us to do. If you're going through a situation in a relationship, on your job, in your home, with your family... It doesn't matter to me. I, I care, right? But whatever that situation looks like, I want you to come up to this front and I want you to join Carl and Jennifer right now. If you're in a situation that it's just, it's not good. It's not good. If you're in a situation that's just not good, lift your hands. I want to see you. Okay. Come on. Come up here. Tracy, is that you? Come up here. You're in a situation. Kevin, you're in a situation that's not good. Okay. Anybody else? Y'all, in a situation that's not good. Yep. Thank you. Um, this is not revealed to me by the Lord. It's because I'm friends with Steve and we talk. Steve has missed about four or five weekends because his job. I get it. But I want to see it changed. I want him here on Sundays. We all need to come in here and get spiritually restored and re-strengthened, right? We need it. And I want to see that changed. Okay. We're going to pray for one another. And here's the challenge that I want us to take for the next 30 days. Would you join with me in a challenge that, God, I'm going to praise you. It works, y'all. You don't say, God, show up and then I'll praise you. No, you say, I'm going to praise you. And y'all watch God show up.
I'm telling you, the Lord spoke three things to me yesterday. And one of them was, I'm going to lead you into victory. And this is what I know. You know how you're being led into victory? Through praise. And I'm asking y'all to buy into this word that the Lord gave me yesterday. And for the next 30 days, I'm going to challenge myself, my family, and you who are going through some things and giving praise. What are you giving praise for? Your cranky job, your cranky boss, your cranky family, things are not going well in your finances, stuff that's happening all around you. I'm going to just give you praise for it. I'm going to just give you thanks. See, the world don't do it that way, but we're not the world. The culture of the world thinks another way, but we don't think like the culture of the world. And right now, I want you to lay your hand on your neighbor's shoulder. And I want you to pray for him. And say, God, give him the strength. Give him the ability, God, for the next 30 days. I'm going to praise you. I'm not going to stare at the situation. Oh,